Welcome to the Author Hangout, where we interview best-selling authors and experts in the book publishing industry to reveal the tips and advice you need to succeed as an author in today's publishing landscape. Enjoy the show. Hey, Sean Manaher here. Welcome to another episode of the Author Hangout, where authors like you learn how to sell more books through the lessons, experiences, and wisdom from their fellow authors. On today's episode of the Author Hangout, you're listening to another throwback replay episode of the Author Hangout. And this time, we're listening in to Nick Stevenson talk about a lot of things and specifically things that you can do to take control of your writing career. And at the end of this, I'm going to give you eight ways that you can take control over your writing career or things that Nick said, things that I want to key in on. Listen in to what Nick has to say, and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, everyone. This is Sean Manaher here with the Author Hangout with RJ Adams, and we are interviewing today Nick Stevenson. Uh, Nick Stevenson was born and raised in Cambridgeshire, England. He's a fiction author and novelist, writing in the mysteries and thriller genre. His approach to writing is to hit hard, hit fast, and leave as few spelling errors as possible. He writes mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels, as well as the occasional witty postcard, all of which are designed to get your pulse pounding. Don't let his headshot fool you. He's actually full color on most days. Uh, Nick, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Hi, thank you for having me on. Great, and uh, as, as we get things started, we'll uh, just jump right into it. Uh, the first question that we have for you is, uh, can you tell us a little bit of how you started, got started in self-publishing and the successes that you've had so far? Sure, I think it was a, it was a long time brewing for me. Um, I always really wanted to find some kind of career it gave me control over what I was doing. Um, I graduated university roughly the same time they announced the market crash, which was a uh, great timing for me. So, struggled to get a job after university. You know, you got a lot of debt. You spent a lot of time um, building up your degree, and probably uh, the worst timing imaginable. So, uh, ever since then, really, I've been looking for something um, that I can do to really take control of my own career rather than having to, you know, rely on uh, someone else giving me that job. And, you know, I'd always been someone who'd enjoyed writing, but I think at the time, and this is sort of back in 2009 sort of time, you know, being an author wasn't really, a, you know, a career choice for a lot of people. I mean, it's, it's never really been something where people talk openly about how their career's going, what sort of, you know, income you can make from being an author. And since Kindle came along, that's obviously all changed. And uh, like many other authors getting started today, it was, uh, it was probably Joe Conrath who really got the ball rolling for me, you know, reading his blog and actually figuring that, you know, people can write what they love to write and potentially make money at it as well was just a bit of a dawning moment for me. So uh, it was a few years ago I decided I'm going to have a go at writing a novel. Worst case scenario, doesn't sell any copies. I can go back to doing what I'm doing anyway. And, um, you know, I've got the first book written it took about six, six or eight months, uh, put it out on the market, and you know it sold a few copies. And you know anything more than you know one copy is just astounding for me at the time. You know it's crazy. Yeah. Somebody's actually buying stuff that I made up is just weird for me. And it kind of started there really. So it was a bit of an addiction, and um, it all grew from there. So I've, I've not looked back. That's very cool. 
So um, I've kind of seen your books around uh, in the marketplace, but I got really interested in your story and kind of what you're working on when I saw your post about building a killer email list. We've talked a lot about building an email list many times on this show, pretty much almost every episode. Why do you think authors are so hesitant to build an email list? I think a lot of it is just not really realizing why you should have one or, you know, realizing it's not actually that difficult to do. Uh, email marketing is kind of, you know, a lot of authors view it as a bit, you know, a bit sleazy. It can be a bit, a bit scammy. You see all these spam emails coming to your inbox every day. It kind of turns people off. But what they don't realize, I think, is that you can build a fantastic community on, uh, on your website through your newsletter and actually engage with readers and have these conversations. Uh, a lot of the same ways people use Facebook and Twitter, you know, having conversations with people building up that community. But with email, you get to control that. I mean, you get those email addresses, people give them to you voluntarily, and you have control over them. You, know, you can reach all of your people on your email list um, all in one go if you need to, whereas you know, Facebook and Twitter, it's a bit more of a problem. And I think if, you know, if people approach it in that way, rather than as a you know, hardcore selling tool, it becomes a lot less scary. And you, know, you can give readers the option to you know, sign up if you want to hear about new book releases, a lot of people will click that. You know, if you just let them know it's there, then people will join up. And I think that's what's missing is for authors to actually understand that email marketing doesn't have to be all about the hard sell. It doesn't have to be about sending tons of spam email to people. It can actually be about building up that community and taking control over your own promotion, which I think is you know, the major plus for me is having that control. And I think if more authors realize that that's the outcome here, it'll, it'll prove a lot more popular. And now before you started really focusing on building your list, uh, Nick, how, how many sign-ups were you getting? Uh, it was pretty bad. Um, I think on a good, a good week, maybe three, and that was with a promotion. Um, but at the time, my, my main author website it was just a basic free WordPress blog that I'd set up with a few uh, bits and pieces about my books. Um, somewhere right at the bottom of the page, I have a you know, sign up here if you want to hear about new releases, you know, buried right at the bottom, a little link, no images or anything like that. And you know, it still astounded me that people were actually clicking it. You know, it, was, it was crazy. You know, people actually want to hear from me when I've got new stuff out. And realizing that, I think, helped me build a bit of confidence in myself and realize that people are actually looking for my stuff. So I figured, you know, why not make that more of a priority? So uh, I played around with the website, and I thought, you know, it's not doing a massive amount for me at the moment, other than having a list of my books out, which you can get on Amazon anyway. So, you know, why not make it into something that's actually giving me a benefit? So I turned the website around a bit, and it became sort of a uh, sort of a funnel, really, for all incoming visitors would be presented with, you know, a big link that says, you know, if you want to hear about new releases from me. Is a button, click it, and I'll send you an email when I've got a new book out. And was that was that early success then uh, the catalyst to make you really focus on the mailing list, or was there a seminar that you went to, a book that you read that kind of got you thinking that this might be something to do? Well, I think it was it was BookBub. I think um, I can blame BookBub entirely for it. I think because uh, you know their their promotions are so powerful that you know you can build a career on having a BookBub ad every couple of months. I mean, I've seen it happen. And literally their business model is, you know, we've got a ton of email uh, email addresses on our list. 
we send stuff out to them and they buy it. You know, it's nothing more complicated than that. So I figured, you know, if, if a handful of people are signing up to my email list every week or every month, then surely more people would do that if they were just aware it existed. You know, I can build myself up some kind of uh, BookBub-esque marketing platform that I don't have to, you know, sacrifice a goat to or jump through um, you know, groups of fire just to get a just to get a listing with them. You know, I can have control over this myself. So that's what I did. Really, I focused all uh, all my activity in marketing on how to get people in um, to my email list. You know, I, I ignored stuff going out. I, I came off Facebook, came off Twitter, and just thought, how can I get more email addresses, and how can I get more quality email addresses? You know, I don't want I don't want to spam people. I want to make sure they want to be on my newsletter. So how do I encourage that happening? And that's really what I did. So you mentioned that you, you built out your website to create like a funnel to get people onto your mailing list. Can you detail some of those changes just for someone who's not familiar with a marketing funnel? Sure. Um, well, one, one approach was the, the website homepage itself. Um, I ended up putting a big sort of featured image right in the center of the page. Uh, they had an image of um, a free book that I was going to give away to people in exchange for them signing up to my email list. So first thing people see when they come to my uh, website is get your free book here, just enter your email address and I'll send you a copy. And you know, that, just that one thing took me from sort of, you know, maybe a dozen email signups uh, every month to sort of, you know, 100, 150 email signups a month. Just that one little change. You know, offering something in return for signing up to my email list made a massive difference. Um, but I think the main problem was, I figure 150 emails a month, you know, that's, that's a good improvement, but it's going to take me a long time to build up that kind of level of, uh, level of subscribers. This is going to pay off for me. So I figured more traffic is needed. Uh, I need to get more people through to my website really improve on that. So I started putting links inside all of my books, uh, telling people you know, that this, uh, this free book was available at my site, uh, putting the link in there, um, and really people would then just click through from the books as well. So I was using the books as a source of traffic uh, as well, which is really helping. Um, and then I had some, uh, some free promotions come up and noticed that the, uh, just the number of clicks on those books just went through the roof. You know, where you might sell you know, a few copies a day of each book. If you're doing a free promotion, you know, it's not uncommon to shift several thousand copies in one day. And, you know, a proportion of those people are going to click through to my website, see the deal, and sign up to my email list. And that's really how I started uh, building momentum. It's just a case of getting that traffic through. And before we get out, I'd like to hear more about the types of traffic that you are driving to your mailing list. But uh, what were the results? I mean, what, what kind of results overall are you seeing uh, by having an email list? Uh, well, after, after I made the changes to the website, um, I also set up a, a landing page, a custom landing page as well, which didn't have any extra links on it. So instead of having, you know, my about, uh, my about contact books uh, pages listed at the top, People were landing on a, a custom design page that was literally just, here's my book, do you want it? If they didn't, they could leave. They weren't clicking around and going to my Facebook page or anything like that. So doing that and then putting the links in, in the front of my free books, I went from you know, a handful of subscribers a month to 
starting to see about a thousand new subscribers coming through uh, every month, and it was a massive, massive change just from doing that one little thing. So you mentioned, yeah, that is pretty incredible. Um, you mentioned that your free book is kind of one of the main drivers of the traffic to your mailing list. Um, can you explain kind of why that has worked so well and any other um, sources of traffic that you're using? Because anybody can set up their website to funnel people into their mailing list, but if you're not getting actual traffic, uh, it doesn't really mean anything, right? Yeah, definitely. You've got to focus on uh, getting a lot of traffic through in the first place. But more importantly, I think, is converting that traffic into uh, subscribers, uh, making, making it a quality conversion. And if you're sending people from one of your own books, you know that they're already interested in your work and they're you know, hopefully liked enough to bother clicking on your link. So everyone who arrives at my page is already pre-vetted. You know, I already know that these guys coming to, to my landing page hopefully like, hopefully like the book they've read and hopefully want to get some more from me. So uh, I've tried a couple of different sources like uh, Facebook, Got some traffic through from Facebook, uh, through some free giveaway sites that weren't typically book related, and I found that I was either getting a really bad conversion rate, so people just weren't interested in what I was offering, or and probably even worse than this was they were signing up, getting the free book, and then unsubscribing straight away, or putting me in their junk folder. And if you get too many people putting your emails into their junk folder, uh, you can get into trouble. So I wanted to avoid that. So now I'm focusing solely on getting traffic from my books. I know that they're going to be you know, good subscribers, and that's that's the main focus. Now, now before we before we go into this question, I had is I really like your website. I think your website's very clean, very clear about what you want people to do. It, it's a lot of author websites they kind of try to get fancy and try and you know showcase everything on on your website, nickstevensonbooks.com. Uh, really clean, I, and, and I appreciate that. And, and with that said, um, you're the focus of authors giving away free or running some of the free uh, promotion. Some people are very hesitant to do that. Uh, why do you think? The, why do you think that's the case? I think it's you know it's a natural response when you've spent months or possibly years working on something. You, know, you, you wanna you don't wanna give it away. And I think that's you know it's a very strong emotion, uh, emotional attachment to what is essentially a product. At the end of the day, um, it's an artistic product, but it's not necessarily any different from music or paintings or drawings or anything like that. And if you think about you know what uh, successful musicians are doing on platforms like Spotify or offering free demo tracks on their website, um, or playing free gigs to get recognition. I think we have to look at it as in, you know, what value is my entire portfolio of books? If I can make more uh, more revenue from offering one of my books for free, because I know that more people will then see me and buy other books, then I don't think that is going to devalue the effort that I put into it. But that's my that's my personal opinion. I know some people won't touch free, and they do perfectly fine without it. So it's just one way of doing things. Yeah, and, and right on the middle of your, I mean, right on the front page, you're giving away uh, your book, Pay Down. Uh, so it's it's a free, is it a novella uh, that you've uh, written up? 
Yeah, I, I wrote it specifically for this purpose um, mm. because I wanted to be able to give people something as an incentive to sign up. And, um, you know, I, I played with the idea of giving away advanced chapters of upcoming books or offering discounts. And I figured, you know, the easiest, simplest thing to do is just to give them a free book. And so I wrote um, a novella for it, uh, put it up as a, as a free book on my site. And, you know, people, people are downloading it. You know, I'm getting you know, hundreds of downloads a month. People seem to be enjoying it. And um, a lot of them are going on and buying other things. So, and people are, you know, emailing me back about the book and saying, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, occasionally I get someone who says, you know, I spotted a typo, <laughs> but uh, hopefully not too often. And, um, you know, opening up the communication is, is really important for me. So, you know, I'm giving, giving people something in return for their email address because you know, don't give away your email address lightly these days, otherwise you're going to get you know, bombarded with spam. So I want to offer value, good value, and then encourage people to get in touch if they've got questions or just want to ask me anything. So um, I think it's a real a great catalyst for opening those uh, lines of communication, really. So um, you mentioned that you send them the book right away when they sign up for your mailing list and that you send them, um, you, you kind of let them know when the next book is available. Are there any other things that you send to your mailing list? Um, like between those times, because I, mean, I don't know how often you're publishing a book, but there's probably a few month gap between that. Yeah, I mean, if, if I could, if I could publish a book every month, I think you know I wouldn't have an issue. But uh, unfortunately, I, I can't type that fast. Um, I try to send out maybe two emails a month because you know, my 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 theory is if you leave it too long in between emails, people run the risk of you know, forgetting who you are which is never a good thing because if people see an email from an unrecognized sender, chances are it gets deleted or it gets put in the junk folder and, you know, everybody's worse off. So I try sending something once or twice a month. Um, if I don't have a new release out, I might send uh, a recommendation for a book that I've read in a similar genre to me that I've enjoyed and think people will enjoy as well. And um, that really helps get the uh, communication going as well. So uh, I try to send something of value a couple of times a month without trying to sell anything. So that's the key thing, I think. What are some other examples of that? Um, other things I'll do is uh, I might run a competition, um, give away you know, either a free box set or signed paperback. Um, I'm toying with the idea of giving away a, a Kindle or a Kindle Fire, uh, running a competition like that. Uh, doing some reader polls is always good as well, find out what my readers actually want to read about what they want to hear about from me and uh, just coming up with you know any any good idea for what can get people interested in communicating with me so I'll always ask you know in my initial emails out to these guys I'll say what books do you recommend what should I go read that you think I'll like hmm. and people do email in with their suggestions you know and I'll go buy those books I'll you know I'll read them and uh, if, if I like them I might recommend them out to others as well so Trying to find that common ground where we can you know, actually have a conversation about books. It's been great. You know, I've you know talked to a lot of subscribers back and forth about stuff we enjoy, and it's been it's been really valuable. And aside from the obvious of being able to sell more books because you have a captive audience with your email list, do you use uh, your email list to get reviews as your books are being published, like in, before it's even published? Um, I don't. 
I used to send out advanced copies um, mm -hmm. a while back, but I found now that you know I've, I've managed to grow a base of subscribers and followers who actually um, you know touch wood enjoy the books, and I tend to get a few reviews within the first week or so of publishing. So I tend to find you know at this stage reviews tend to accrue on their own. So mm -hmm. I'm not too fussed about um, the series I'm writing at the minute. If I branch out into something different, I think I'm going to have to go back to sending out some advanced copies, which is fine. Uh, but it requires more organization, which is, uh, is always difficult for me sometimes. But uh, no, I mean, the subscribers I've got, you know, there's a few of them uh, have been absolutely fantastic. You know, they'll buy everything that I write and they'll leave reviews. And that's, you know, that's the best thing. So really, really grateful for that. And when were you were just starting out and just diverging a little bit, talk about reviews. When you were just starting out, um, did you find trying to get reviews to be painful? And, and if so, what did you do in order to try and get reviews? Um, I did struggle. I think um, my first book, when it came out um, back in it was March last year, so you know, maybe 18 months ago nearly, um, you know, I struggled to break 10 reviews and it took me forever. And then I ran a free promotion on it, on the advice of another author. Um, I think it was through a site called, um, I can't remember what it was called now, but it was one of these submission sites where they put it through to sort of 40 or 50 different blogs and, and mm -hmm. free promotion sites. And um, yeah, it was really good. I mean, I think it was something like 10,000 copies were downloaded at the time. And I think this was when free promotions counted for a lot more than they do now. So I was quite lucky to get in towards the back end of that. And I think I had 20 or 30 reviews came up within the next month or so. And after that, we, I just followed the same process. You know, I'd release a book, leave it a few weeks, and then put it on a free promotion. And after a while, I managed to accrue enough reviews to get a BookBub um, advert. And after that, really, you know, it was a bit of a tipping point. Then it was a lot easier for me to kind of keep that going. So it took me maybe six to eight months really start seeing regular sales um, but you know I stuck at it and I think that's the that's the key takeaway don't give up too soon and do you think there's some psychology around with the number of reviews and the rating of the reviews with how buyers purchase or don't purchase it's difficult to tell I mean I've got a most of my books in the UK have significantly fewer reviews than the US site mm -hmm. um, but they don't seem to sell any worse, which is very strange. So I've got five books out, um, five standalone well, series books out at the moment, a couple of bundles, and in the US, you know, they've all got quite a few reviews, but in the UK, uh, they're all selling pretty well, um, but there's no real differentiation between the books that have got, you know, 20, 30 reviews versus the book, the newest book, which has no reviews at all. They're all selling roughly the same amount, and you know, for the life of me, I'm trying to figure out how that sort of links in. I mean, I know having some sort of review um, does help buyers coming in who aren't sure about you know whether they're going to buy you or not. But if you've got a you know a free promotion or a permanently free book out there, I think maybe that impact is lessened because people are seeing your books, having already sampled you. Maybe the reviews aren't quite so important. I don't know. It's it's a theory, but um, yeah. you know we'll see. I think the Amazon algorithms do kick in based on reviews uh, in how they recommend other books, but I don't think anyone's quite cracked the code as to how that works exactly. But uh, mm -hmm. I know they they do count for something, but um, 
I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. And it's, you shouldn't worry about it too much. Reviews will come. Circling back to uh, building the email list, um, you gave a lot of just great examples of um, how you're doing it, um, how you took it from uh, like three people a week to uh, a couple hundred people a month, um, which anybody who does any type of email marketing would be envious of. Um, do you have any final words um, to share with people about uh, building an email list as an author, especially as one who's just kind of starting out and um, trying to grow their business and get a few sales and a few signups? Sure. I think one of the things I try to bear in mind is um, going back to BookBub again. I mean, those guys have got like nearly 2 million subscribers now, uh, but we don't have to aim for that sort of insane amount of uh, subscribers to do well from this. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're growing a curated list of your own from people who are genuinely interested in your work, and if you're sending enough traffic to your website and you're converting that traffic into emails, um, email subscribers by you know maybe offering something free in return, you know you can get ten signups a day. That's you know perfectly doable. And I've spoken to some authors who have sort of tried the same approach as me, and they're getting that sort of ballpark number of signups every day, and that sort of level of signups in three years, maybe you'll have 10,000 email addresses on your newsletter list. And you can sell anywhere between 500 and 1,000 books based on that sort of minimum when you release a new title. So if you, you know, spend, spend a couple of years building this up and it's free to get started, you can release a new book and sell 1,000 copies in the first week. Now you'll be outperforming BookBub and you'll have all the control and it's something that you built and that you get to keep. So you can build a career based on uh, email subscribers. So I think you know, everyone should be doing this, getting started and trying to get people signing up because it's really, really powerful. Cool. Yeah, that's huge. So uh, one of your other little uh, tricks of the trade is using metadata. Can you explain what, what metadata is for uh, the authors who don't know? Sure. Uh, this is... This is all the backroom stuff that readers don't see. So when, I, when we talk about metadata, I think we mean sort of keywords um, like um, sort of the words that you pick when you're publishing your book in your KDP dashboard. Uh, Amazon asks you to pick seven keywords. And I think, and I'm guilty of this as well, but most authors would just pick seven random words vaguely related to their book, hope for the best, and click publish. Uh, but what I started doing in the last uh, last three or four months was spending a lot more time understanding how readers are finding books on Amazon. And one of the key ways they find it is using the search bar along the top of the top of the screen. If they're not sure what they're looking for, they might type crime thriller or romance, historical romance, whatever it is, into the search bar and see what comes up. And really, that that sort of function it's looking at books metadata. It's looking for keywords inside the book, inside the title, uh, inside the product description, and it's figuring out which one of these books is most likely to appeal to someone searching for historical romance, for example. So that was part one, and part two was really understanding how uh, targeted keywords in popular niches could work. So historical romance is a big genre, if you type historical romance into uh, Amazon, you're going to get 
tens of thousands of results. You know, it's crazy. You're never going to stand a good chance of getting to the top of those search results. But if you type in historical romance series, for example, you'll see there's far fewer books presented. So I started thinking, you know, why don't I spend more time looking at these um, more specific keywords? So I played around and I picked seven much more specific keywords for my books. So instead of thriller, you know, I might pick mystery thriller novel as a keyword. Put that into the dashboard, put it into the product description somewhere, and I found that, that made a massive difference. The thing is, is that it's, it's funny if people, if authors realize that it really won't put you to sleep and that it actually helped you to sell more books, um, they can really benefit from from that. And what's the name of your book on, on Metadata? Um, so I've just recently um, finished a book called Supercharge Your Kindle Sales, uh, okay. which is really all about keywords and building an email list. So these are the two things I did that made the biggest difference. And I think the key takeaway for me is realizing that Amazon doesn't work like a bookstore. Uh, it works like a search engine. So when you're selling a book, you need to think about what you'd be doing on Google if you were trying to get your web page to the top of the results. It's a similar sort of approach on Amazon. You know, use relevant keywords uh, in your uh, metadata, in your product descriptions. It will really help you get noticed uh, in the crowd. And that's just been a massive, massive thing for me. As an example, uh, I swapped out all my keywords about three months ago. And um, it literally quadrupled my sales. You know, it was it was crazy, and this was almost overnight. So within a week, I was you know selling something like 150, 200 books a day on Amazon, going from a handful. And wow. it was literally because you know, I was doing perma free, I was doing book bub ads, but they were they just weren't sticking. You know, I I'd saw on the charts for a couple of days, and I'd fall right back down again. But the keywords and being more focused on what market I was trying to attract. After these promotions, they were staying high. They'd hang around for, you know, six, eight weeks, hmm. and I'd do another promotion. And it was just working so well for me. I figured, you know, I've got to tell people about this. It seems so simple once you think about it. Um, so I wrote it all down. I talked to, uh, I did a guest post on David Goffin's blog recently about mailing lists. and had some questions come through about keywords as well, so I figured... Why not write it all down? So I've put a book together that covers exactly how people can go about finding relevant keywords, how to make the most of it, and how uh, how it's helped me and how it's helped other authors. So there's some case studies in there that shows other authors that have done the exact same thing, along with some sales charts and some sales figures uh, that really help, hopefully help make the point that it's something everyone can do, and uh, it really doesn't cost you anything except for time to get started. So. That's been a major, major thing for me. Awesome. So besides metadata, besides a killer email list, uh, if you started today, what, what few things would you make sure that you do as a new author? I think for me, um, I started off by just writing whatever came into my head and hoping I'd find a market for it somewhere. If I was starting again, I think I'd probably give this advice to anyone who asked. Um, if they're starting their first book, you know, pick a genre that you enjoy, but pick a market within that genre that you can actively sell to. So if you like writing thrillers, don't write a thriller. You know, maybe write a 
political thriller or a spy thriller or an espionage thriller. Make it really specific. You know, find a market that's selling and write to the market. And I think you'll find that that will have the biggest impact on you when you first get started. Because people are already looking for you. And you're less likely to get lost in the sea of other titles. So that would be my big advice. Awesome. RJ, any other questions for Nick? Uh, no, that's. I, I think this is some really great information that authors are not implementing that they can start implementing today. So, where can people find you online, and what where do you want people to go uh, to learn more about you? Uh, well, I've got a I've got an author blog, um, a reader's website, and you know you can find all of these things um, on my Twitter um, account, which I think you've got posted above the screen there. Or, you know, just do a Google search for me. and they turn up vaguely near the top. So I'm fairly easy to find, um, which might be dangerous. But <laughs> so there you have it. Nick Stevenson delivering some amazing value bombs throughout the entire episode, over 30 minutes of action-filled content. And I don't want to take too much more time of your day, but as I promise, I want to give you the eight ways that you can take control of your writing career, things that Nick had made mention and things that I want to key in on. And then I'm just going to go over what the benefits that I see of doing this in your career. The first thing is write amazing books. The foundation of any great writing career is making sure you have amazing, well-written, well-storied books. And so make sure that you take care of that first. Next is build a solid author platform. We all have the opportunity to create whatever platform that we want and how you build it from day one does matter. So when you're building it, make sure you build a solid author platform. I'm not talking just the website itself. I'm talking about what you're doing for your social media, how you're engaging with people and what your website does look like, how it feels. Make sure you do it really well. Next thing is create your mailing list. You hear it almost every week on the Author Hangout. It is a key component in creating your mailing list, giving your listeners, your readers, an opportunity to get on your mailing list, whether it's through your books, whether it's through your platform, whether it's through social media, whether it's through interviews you do on podcasts like this, whatever it may be, make sure you create your mailing list and then do what's necessary in order to build your mailing list. Whether you're doing it organically, by word of mouth, by paid advertising, through the social channels, whatever it may be, build that mailing list strategically and make sure as you're building it, you're doing it really well with the intention of the readers getting the most value possible. And talking about readers, you want to make sure that you are connecting with readers. And what Nick said is that he's only mailing his list every once, maybe twice a month. Uh, and that's something that you can do to connect with your readers as little as that. We recommend making sure you're doing it on a weekly basis, but do what's going to work for you as well as your readers. The final thing, once you've built all of this, is to sell to your readers. Don't get your mailing list and just let it sit there allow it to be a funnel to sell on a regular basis systematically to your readers. And that is what is going to help you to take control of your writing career. In the final couple of things, don't forget metadata. Did you hear what Nick said? He was able to quadruple his sales by making sure he fixed his metadata. So make sure that when you are 
putting together your Amazon profile, making sure you're setting up all your books and all the different published locations. Make sure the metadata is properly organized and properly set up. And the final thing that I would say in the eight ways to take control over your writing career, number eight, repeat the entire process. Write more amazing books. Continue to build a solid author platform. Create your mailing list. Build that mailing list. Connect with your readers. Sell to those readers. And again, don't forget metadata because that can change. So these are the eight ways to take control of your writing career. Obvious benefits, you're going to build up confidence, you're going to have control of your marketing, you're going to have more click-throughs on your books, you're going to get more contacts in the form of subscribers, and you're going to get more customers. Well, that's everything. The eight ways to take control of your writing career. Thank you for taking time to listen in to another episode of The Author Hangout. Next week, we're going to be back with some brand new episodes that you have never heard here on The Author Hangout, some new guests. Look forward to those and have an amazing day. Thanks for listening to The Author Hangout. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher to get the new episodes delivered directly to your device. Watch the video from this episode and get the transcript at theauthorhangout.com. The Author Hangout is brought to you by bookmarketingtools.com. Getting reviews for your latest ebook has never been easier. Yeah, you could pay $400 for some review services or try and manage hunting down people to gift your book, track your book, and hopefully get some reviews. Or you could use Reading Deals Review Program at readingdeals.com reviews to simplify the entire process. Our Amazon-compliant, simple, and affordable review program puts your book in the hands of our very hungry readers at Reading Deals. Honest reviews, affordable reviews, simplified process. Go to readingdeals.com slash reviews for more details.